0: This is KMTT, this is Ezra Beck, and this is the weekly broadcast on Parshat Shavua. This week's Pashat is Parshat Chukat. Um, Pashat Chukat is to a great extent about life and death. The opening Pasha is, a, the opening section is a halachic section of Tumat Met and Para Duma, which is important to notice is... Halachically, in terms of a halachic book, is out of place since Tuma uh, belongs in Sefer Vaikra, and many other tumot, all the other tumot, are in Sefer Vaikra: uh, tumat Sarat, tumat Yolede, tumat zab zava, uh, tumat nevelah. All these things are in some place in Sefer Vaikra. This is out of place here, and I think it's out of place here because uh, as other mafreshim have pointed out, it has to do; it's connected to the story. Uh, after the halakhic section, dealing with death and the purification of death, uh, you have a, one, uh, a one-liner saying that Miriam dies, followed immediately by the story of the waters uh, of disputation, which took place in Kadesh, where Miriam had died, which is also about death, because that's what the people were complaining about. They say, no water, we're going to die wouldn't it have been better if we had died earlier when our brethren died meaning because we're about to die we're about to die now and then they say <laughs> not having any water is the equivalent of death and then you have the story very important story about uh, uh, Moshe and Aaron bringing them water in response of which they are condemned to death. God says they will not enter Israel, but they too will die in the in the Midbar. Um, and then okay, then the story continues uh, uh, with um with B'nai Yisrael's, uh, journey. Aaron dies. Both Aaron and Moshe have been told they're not going to make death Israel well. Aaron is told he's going to die and he dies uh, immediately after uh, they're coming to the border of Eretz Edom uh, and then, uh, okay, then, then, then the Pasha continues with the story of how they uh, uh, continue to the actual border they meet Sichon, they meet uh, Og and they come to the actual border where they will cross into Eretz Israel it's basically the end of the story the end of the journey Takes place in Pashat, Pashat Chukat, and um, we're all familiar, although perhaps confused, uh, concerning the death of Aaron and Moshe. Although in this week's parasha, the decree that Moshe will die is already beginning to be mentioned. In this week's parasha, will be repeated. Uh, later on, and will be concluded when he actually does die in Parashat Hazino uh, and Parashat Bezot uh, Bracha. And we know it's connected to the story of Riva. They didn't do something proper. What the problem was? Many, many explanations, contradictions in the in the story itself between what it says here and what it says in Sefer Devarim. And there are a lot of shiurim on this topic. I invite you all to do the exploration on your own, including in the uh, virtual Beit Midrash, where there are a number of different shurim trying to explain what was chet mei meriva, what was the sin of mei meriva, and why Aaron and Moshe died, and did they die because of a sin or not? But we all know what it comes from. We, we, we read said there's a passion that's actually about it. And also Miriam dies in this passion. The three of them, Miriam, Moshe, and Aaron... The deaths are all connected or described or initiated in this fashion. Miriam dies. Aaron dies. And Moshe is basically told he's going to die, even though it doesn't say so explicitly. doesn't say you're going to die. It says you're not going to go to Eretz Israel. Uh, which means he's going to die before he gets to Eretz Israel. And I want to talk a little bit about the death of Miriam, or about Miriam in general. There are some noticeable differences between the death of Miriam and the death of Aaron and the death of Moshe. We have a certain tendency to think of them as being triplets. These are the three leaders of Am Yisra, Moshe, Aaron and Miriam. To a great extent that derives from a famous Midrash that explains that each one of them was responsible for one of the basic facets of life in the desert. The man, which the Jews ate, was b'schut Moshe. The Ananea Kavod, the clouds of glory which accompanied them, and also had a practical ramifications, because I say it cleared the path, it protected them from, from snakes and from scorpions, and but more importantly it was simply there, it was they also told them where to go. It was it was uh, they they followed it whenever they had to move. The clouds of glory were b'schut in the merit of Aharon and the Be'er the source of water was a traveling a mobile well that traveled with them throughout the desert they didn't have to scour the land to look for water in the inhospitable desert in which they were traveling it was B'Schut Miyam. The, the reason why Chazal know that the water the well is in the merit of miriam is because of what it says in this week's Parsha uh, which doesn't say that but it, it almost it almost jumps out of the page Perech 20th chapter begins. There's a huge hiatus in the, in, in the telling of the story. We, we know that not that long ago, in Pashat Shlach, which is in the second year of their leaving Egypt, the Jews were condemned to spend the next 40 years, meaning the next 39 years, in the desert because of the story of the spies. And you have the story of Karach undated. And there's a really debate as to when it took place. You have the halachic section of death and the red heifer. And then it says, It doesn't say what year, but it's clearly... At the end, because immediately they're going to be talking to the king of Edom and they're going to be entering the land of Sichon and the land of Og, We're all of a sudden, we're in the 40th year. And this Pasuk, in the first month, as I said, in the first month, the entire community, the entire congregation of the children of Israel come to the desert that's called Sin, and they settled down they they stopped in a city called kadesh this is resuming the travel they were condemned for 40 years the 40 years are not described the last year okay at some point in their travels they come to this place we're now beginning once again okay we're getting back to the story we're getting back to the narrative and the Pasuk tells us rather laconically, Miriam died there in Kadesh and she was buried there. The next Pasuk says, And there was no water for the congregation and therefore they came to complain to Mosheva Aaron and they argued, they they disputed with Mosheva Aaron saying it would have been better had we died. Chazal drew the almost, it's hard to avoid the connection Why does it tell us that Miriam died there? I mean, it's interesting. But why does it tell us that Miriam died there? When Miriam died, they ran out of water. How did they survive for the previous 39 years? They were always so careful to go to a place where there was sufficient supply of water, so why not now as well? They came to Kadesh, apparently, according to the plan. We know the plan is God's plan. God tells them where to go. But nonetheless, they came and they settled in Kadesh. It was okay. Then Miriam died, and it's not okay. So Chazal drew the conclusion that as soon as Miriam died, there was no water. So the water in the desert was beskhut Miriam. That's how Chazal does this. As I said, this this triple statement: man, ananim, be'er, mana, cloud of glory of God, and the well is because of Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam creates in our minds uh, an association that you have three, three figures who are basically supporting, leading, taking care of myself in the Midbar. Uh, one is food, one is divine presence, and one is water. Very important things. When we look at their deaths, there is a clear distinction. Aaron, in this week's Pasha, uh, immediately after the story of Meime Riva, and God told Moshe that, and, and Aaron that you're not going to come to Eretz Israel. Um, there's a short interlude where Moshe speaks to the king of Edom, and the king of Edom refuses to let them to enter. And then they go from Kadesh to a place called Horahar, and then God says to Moshe and Aaron, "You are going to die now." To Aaron. Yom hayach sham Moshe ve Aaron va hora ra gvrat zdemimor yei asayf Aaron el am Aaron will now die because he's not going to come to Etz Hazov as I told you because of me riva and then let him go up the hill and Aaron doesn't he goes up the hill and he dies vayamot Aaron sham ba rosh haav yari Moshe lazam nahar so the death of Aaron, aside from being described at length, is also in direct response to a di- a, a divine command. God commands Aaron and Moshe to, to that, that that Aaron should die. And in fact, there's even a there's even a ceremony involved where they he has to appoint Alazar in his place, and all those things take place. Moshe Rabbeinu, we know, uh, in uh, later on in this sefer. God will say to Moshe Rabbeinu, go look at Eretz Yisrael, you'll see it, because you're not going to go there, because you're going to die, and then in parashat Ha'azinu, he says to them, go die. Both of them die in a direct command of God. Miriam just dies. It's it's a, it's an aside in, in the Pasha. It says they came to Kadesh, there's no water in Kadesh. Miriam dies there and is buried there. Why, in fact, is it described at all? It doesn't, have, uh, it doesn't seem to have any importance. The, the Torah is clearly saying the death of Aaron is very important. God commanded it and arranged it. And in fact, in Mas'ei, the journeys of B'nai Yisrael in the desert, so the end of the Sefer, it lists each of the places where the Jews stopped. One of them is kadesh, It's just a long list of, 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 of trips. Um, they went from A to B to C to D to F. They came to Midbat Sin, to Kadesh, then they went to Horahar, and then an interruption in that rather uh, uh, technical description of the journeys, the, the the different stops of the Jews in the desert. kohen pi hashem and when they got to Horaha, oh, Aaron went up, the ha- went up the mountain and died. That's like part of the, it's it, it's part of the, very few facts are mentioned in the story of say One of the important facts to mention when you went from point A to B to C to D till Z, oh, and one of them, Aaron died. Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, is not described it because this parashat exists before Moshe dies, but but uh, it's described at length in HaAzino and then in its actuality in Vizot in Ha'brachah. Miriam just dies. And in fact, based on the Medrash I just quoted a few minutes ago, it's very conceivable that the only reason why even that is mentioned, even the three words, but Shom Miriam, Batikav five words altogether, even that is only mentioned because it wants to tell us why veloha La'ida. In other words, it's important that she die to explain why there's no water, but but her death is not itself part of the description of B'nai so coming from Egypt to Egypt. Um, to Eretz Israel. But that itself is a question. Why, in fact, did Miriam die? Why wasn't she Zolcha to come to Eretz i am telling you in advance, I don't have a good answer to that question, but I want to think about it. We know why Aaron and Moshe didn't get to Eretz Israel. They were punished for their mishap misdeed in May Meribah in this week's passage but why didn't Miriam had Sadeket Miriam Hanaviyad Miriam who was able in her own personality to provide water for the entire She was she was one of the three great figures of the Jewish people of the three great individuals why was she I say in quotation marks punished why was she deprived of the goal of every Jew to come to Eretz Israel? So I want to point out something which I think is true irrespective of what the sin of means. Moshe Rabbeinu dies on the border of Eretz Yisrael. In fact, he sees Eretz Yisrael, goes up the hill, goes up the mountain, Mount har and sees all of Eretz Yisrael from the south to the north, but doesn't get there. That's a tragedy. In no way am I trying to minimize the personal tragedy of Moshe. But in fact, in terms of the political Role of Moshe Rabbeinu. One can say that he fulfilled his role. His role was to bring them to Eretz Israel. He brought them to Eretz Israel. The tragedy is personal. Obviously, he wants and deserves, and 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 it's the it's what should take place that he himself should go there as well. But if we view Moshe as a political character, what is his mission to Am Yisrael? It's to bring the Jews to Eretz Israel. He brought them to Eretz Israel to the border. He himself doesn't cross, but, but they just have to roll down the hill, the waters have to split, and they will be in Eretz Israel. Aharon, the passage is very explicit. When does Aharon die? He dies a little bit later than Miriam. To be explicit, Miriam dies in Kadesh, which is described as being Midbar Tzin. The Jews come to Midbar Tzin, the Tzin Desert, and they settle in Kadesh. Kadesh is a city, probably not a city, it's a stop in Midbar Tzin. The next stop is a place called Hohaha, and that's where Aaron will die. And there it says the following, this is Pasuk uh, Chafbet, in Perech by Vayisumi Kadesh, he traveled from Kadesh, where Miriam had died, Yavo B'nei Yisrael Kol Ha'ida, Horahar, Ha'har, Vayom Ha'r Hashem al-Moshe'a Aaron gohor al-Gvul Eretz Edom So here it's described, Kadesh is a place in Midbar Tzin, Horahar is al-Gvul Eretz Edom. It's the border of Eretz Edom. And if it's the border of Eretz Edom, it's the border of a country. It's the border of a place that is um, could be called Eretz Noshavit. It's the border of, of an inhabited country. It's not desert in the sense that the desert is a desolation. Now, a- anyone who knows the topography knows that Eretz Edom is, is pretty desert-like. But, but what we call desert isn't what, what the Torah calls a desert. There's water in Eretz Edom because Moshe Rabbeinu Tells the king of Edom that if we drink any water, we'll pay for it. But there's no problem getting water. It, it's it's on the road. There's water everywhere. There's also food. People live there. It's a country. It's not a desert in the sense of a desolation. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu promises the king of Edom, uh, feudally, it doesn't work, we will pass, we won't cross the fields, meaning the fields that are growing things, or the vineyards. We'll only walk on the road. And we won't drink your water. And if we do drink it, we'll pay for it. There's food and there's water there. So Aaron dies on the border of Eretz no Shavet, Not Eretz Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu dies on the border of Eretz Israel. Aaron dies on the border of the desert and land and country and inhabited country. Miriam dies in the desert. I assume it's a very short distance from Kadesh to Horaha. But it's described, it's defined as being in the middle, you know, still in the desert. Just as an aside, so people shouldn't complain about what I'm saying, Horaha is also described as being the border of, uh, of Edom. But not when Miriam died there. When Miriam died, it says they came to the desert in Kadesh, and she died there. And she Sham. Miriam Vati Kaver Sham. She was buried in the desert. Uh, later on, when Moshe Rabbeinu writes to Melach Adom and he writes to Melach Adom from Kadesh, so Moshe Rabbeinu describes Kadesh as the border of your king Edom, of your, of your, uh, of your uh, domain. He, when Moshe Rabbeinu is writing to the king of Edom, he says, We are in Kadesh. Ir Kitsei Gebulecha, a city on the extremity of your borders. So I, I don't know exactly where it's found, and there's no way of knowing exactly what the borders of a country were because they didn't have border, they didn't have you know lined borders in those days like today. But the the, the impression you get, and, and and in fact, this is it's for our purposes, it's explicit. Kadesh is in the desert, very close to Adam because you can write letters from there. It's a good place to write letters to the king of Edom before you enter his, his land. But at least, in terms of the death of Miriam, it's described as being a desert. And apparently, it, it's physically still in the desert, very close to the border, whereas Hor HaHar is described not by Moshe Rabbeinu, but by God, in the context of Aaron's death. Aaron shall die where? Har HaGvao Agvul Eretz Edom Therefore, I think it's correct to say Moshe Rabbeinu dies on the border of Eretz Israel, Aaron dies on the border of Edom, and Miriam dies in the middle of the desert. And again, I don't know if I'm just expressing poignancy or or confusion. Why? Why does Miriam die in the middle of the desert? Musheva Bainu, I claim, has fulfilled his political destiny. In fact, the Gemara in Sanhedrin is looking for proofs of Triyata Torah. How do we know the resurrection is 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 taught by the Torah? And the proofs are obviously all they're all hints, but one of the proofs that are found there is to find that about concerning some figure, it says that he will do something, and he didn't do it, which means he had to do it later when he's resurrected. So, for Moshe Rabbeinu it says Az Yashir Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu will sing a song. Yashir is future, even though it's referring to he sang. So it says to sing another song. That means Moshe Rabbeinu will be resurrected and he'll sing the song. What does that mean? So that's a personal thing. It's not Moshe fulfilled his political destiny, but his his ultimate destiny is Geula is to redeem the Jews. So uh, he's missing out of the ultimate redemption. In the the ultimate redemption, he'll sing again. By Aaron, there's also proof. And it says because you're supposed to give the tithes. But Aaron never got tithes because he wasn't in Israel. So it means he'll be resurrected and he will get the tithes in the future. There's a distinction between what your political role was. What is Aaron's political role in terms of Jewish history? it was to build the Mishkan and to minister to the Mishkan, to, to bring the Shekhinah to the earth. He did that. He fulfilled it. The Mishkan is completed and the Mishkan brings them through the desert and Aaron is there because God supports the Jews in the desert. Without God, they're all dead in the desert. In the desert, you see the Ananei kavod When they get to uh, uh, Eretz Noshavet, inhabited land, so there's less need for overt divine presence there's food there's water there's there's land they're not walking in a void where they walk they're not in God's hands physically they' are in the earth of course we have to discover God in the earth you have to learn that adam. you have to learn that God is behind everything but but your immediate environment is the created is the created earth so avon really fulfilled his destiny and his tragedy is personal wow he really How come he's not getting to see Eretz Yisrael? He's a tzaddik. He didn't commit the sin of the the spies. He he should get to Eretz Yisrael. The answer is no. God said you're not going to make it. But it's not cutting his career short. Harun's career was fulfilled. Miriam dies in the middle of the desert. She hasn't come to the end of anything. And if you think that her role is to provide water then we know it was cut short because the Pasuk says they had no water and they were starving and and, and they were dying. And God had to provide another miracle. Moshe Rabbeinu had to strike the stone in order to give them water. So Miriam really dies too early. And Abba and Moshe, I think, don't die too early from the public political goals that they maintain. So why in fact does Miriam die? The impression that you get is that Miriam's death does not require an explanation. When Aaron dies, God provides an explanation. Yan When Moshe Rabbeinu dies, God provides an explanation. Yan When Miriam dies, she dies. It's like we expected it. In other words, Miriam died. This is I'm suggesting this, I'm not sure this is true. Miriam dies because all the Jews die. She belongs to the Door Hamir Aglim. And once the people were condemned to die because of the sin of the Ten Miracleim and the fact that the Jews, meaning every single one, the Jews as a community, followed the spies, so that the entire generation, it was a generational decree. Your children will enter and not you. And uh, Chazal expressed this idea in, in a slightly different context. When there's a decree on a generation, we don't expect the leaders to be exempt on the contrary on the contrary some individuals might be exempt but the leaders will will follow will follow their generation and that's the impression that you get that Miriam despite her amazing uh, character undoubtedly amazing character she provided water for myself, but but she's treated as one of the generation and therefore they're all dying she died at the very last moment Perhaps because of her tzidkat, because she was in the VR, because she was a prophetess, because she was a tzadekat. But she belongs to this generation. So why Moshe and Aaron different? Because Moshe and Aaron have political roles which you would think would bring them into Eretz Israel. Aaron is responsible for Shechina in Am Yisrael, so he should build the Beit HaMiklesh. Moshe is responsible for. Uh, teaching the Jews how to live in Eretz well. he should be their leader in Eretz Israel. So that's cut short. I argue that they fulfilled their basic roles. Someone can continue. But still, there's, there's a bit of a cut short here. In other words, at least on the personal level, they should have had the chance to see the fruits of their labor. And here, I want to say something about Miriam. I don't think Miriam had any political role at all. What do we know about Miriam? She did one thing that's described explicitly. In the Torah, as she sang the song for the women. So first of all, her role was not for Amisam; she had a political role in organizing the women. Until it was really one time, they were at Yamsuf. There was a great miracle. You had, someone had to lead the Jews in song, and Miriam, and she's described as Miriam Haniviyah, the prophetess. There was it was Ruach Hakodesh involved. The song was the song of Buruk HaKodesh. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't need to be said. We know Moshe Rabbeinu is a navi. By Miriam she's a the and therefore she leads that song. Other than that, the Torah doesn't describe her doing anything. Uh, I mean, she had a complaint against Moshe Rabbeinu. She's in the stories, but not, not politically. She doesn't do anything for Amisar. Now she did something else for Amisar, but it wasn't political. As Chazal understands it, well, first of all, the Torah says, she saved Moshe's life when he was a little baby. Chazal expanded that to say that she was responsible for Moshe's birth. She told her parents, who had separated themselves so as not to have children, so as not to provide uh, victims for Paro, she told them, no, you can't live this way. You have to live normally and God will do what he wants. And therefore, Amram remarried Yochav and Moshe was born. So in fact, Miriam and is responsible for for us having Moshe Rabbeinu. But again, she didn't do that on purpose. There wasn't, there wasn't a, a, a job that she took upon herself to provide Moshe Rabbeinu. She did what she did, and, and we benefited from it. So of course, she's, she's responsible. But it wasn't that she was a leader of Am Yisrael to grow a future leader, Moshe Rabbeinu. In fact, that's very similar to the water as well. The other thing which Chazal said Moshe, that Miriam, that she provided water, but that's not a role. That's a merit. Moshe Rabbeinu's role wasn't to provide man and Aaron's role was not to bring the Anan. The, the Chazala, this idea that if you see something special taking place, so you can ask who's, in whose merit does it take place? As I said, Moshe's political role was to bring them to Amis, to, to bring them to Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu's personality was Torah. What is man? Man is Torah. Ki alalechem yivado The lesson of the man is you should know. Not on bread alone does man live, but on everything which comes out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Man represents Torah, which is Moshe's personality. The Anan represents spiritual connection to God, which is Aaron's personality. And Miriam, what is Mayim? Here I go back to my opening sentence. Water is life. Water is life because we know it's life. More than food. Water, is, water means life. And two, the Jews say, as soon as they have no water, they say, we just as well could have been dead. We are dead. We should die. No water means death. Water means life. So Miriam's personality, as she saved Moshe's life from the waters of the Nile, Miriam's personality is the provider of life. Now, why is that true? How does Chazal know it's, Well, Chazal know it's true because of what we read. But like, why is it true? I know Moshe Rabbeinu is Torah, meaning man. I know Aaron is spirituality, meaning divine presence, because he's Aaron Kohen. But what, why is Miriam life? I don't know. Pure speculation. It could be because she's a woman, and she's the greatest woman of her generation. And maybe women provide life. So it could be a, a female thing. It could be her individual personality, purely speculative. I don't know anything about her personality. But somewhere it could be that she's a writer of life. What's important to notice about life is that it's it's a preliminary. Man and and Anan, Torah and spirituality, are something which you achieve in life. Something which is given to you. It's the richness of life. Life, water, has no content. Everybody has to be alive and then you can do whatever you want, either good or bad. It's very important. It's more important from that point of view than, than will take place later on because it's more basic. But it's more basic. But in terms of leading Am Yisrael someplace, She's not a leader. At least that's not her role. And therefore, she belongs to the generation. And therefore, she dies with the rest of them. It's true that once she dies, we're in big trouble. Because in her merit, Amisel had life, and now they no longer have a source of life, and they need to find another one in God. Therefore, they need to complain. And God doesn't get angry at them. He just tells Moshe to to provide an alternative source of life in, in their stead. So I, 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 I'm not 100% clear about what I'm saying now. I'm more musing on the possibilities here. But you get the distinct impression that we should understand the difference. There's a personal level. Chazal, and something I didn't mention before, Chazal drew a parallel between Miriam and Moshe Aaron in the uniqueness of their deaths. Both Moshe and Aaron are described as dying al pi which literally means they died because they were commanded to die, as I pointed out beforehand. But Chazal also understand it to mean that they died what's called mitat neshikah, they died with God's mouth. And Chazal say that in that respect, Miriam died the same way, even though there's no source for it. Why doesn't it say so? Well, she brings it, because it wasn't wasn't seemly, it wasn't nice to write that she died, opi Hashem, because she was a woman, and God's described as being male, and therefore you don't want to mention God's mouth. But in fact, she died, what this spiritual, mystical thing called, opi Hashem, mitat neshikah, the kiss of death, which is a high, very high, uh, status to have, and uh, Ramban here ala describes, and wh- wh- what's its implications? No Malachamavet didn't send the angel of death. God took your soul Himself onto Himself. So that's, but that again, that's a personal thing. Miriam, as a tzaddiket, was one of the three tzaddikim in the midbar. Everybody else died because of malacham These three individuals died in God's hand. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Her personal level is is. Beyond everybody else, equal to Moshe and Aaron, but I think she didn't have a political role. She wasn't a shliach to lead Amisal someplace, or to give Amisal something. She wasn't a shliach to provide them with water. The water came from the ground. She was she, she, her personal merit. Her merit was because she was a tzaddiket. She wasn't trying to provide water. She lived the way she lived. She did wonderful things. She had a lot of Ruach according. She was at Sadek. She was in the Via. And therefore, there was water for Amiso. And therefore, her actual death is not part of the political history of Amiso. Her death is a death is like everyone else's death. Amiso dies. And the next generation will come to Yisrael. But even so, the Torah says, there are implications to non political deaths. Sometimes when someone dies, you say, Oi, what are we going to do? This person was Rosh Yeshiva, This person was Prime Minister. This person was, was a leader in this respect. And we have eulogies for the leaders because now we'll have leadership. And then there are regular people who die. Regular people can be not less tzaddikim and maybe not less important than the leaders. But the hesfet isn't going to be that, Oi, this person died, who's going to lead us? <laughs> he didn't do anything in his life to lead you. He doesn't, you're not going to miss him now either. But you might realize that this person has died, situation changes nonetheless. Because Am Yisrael is their life, the Be'er, the Mayim, is due to the individual merit, individual efforts, the individual lives of people. And therefore the death of a private person, and in this respect I'm calling Miriam a private person, is going to change the status of the klal, of the entire Jewish people. In this case, dramatically, Miriam dies, no water. But the same thing is true every person on their own, on their own individual level. And the schuyot of Am Yisrael, God's protection of Am Yisrael, the prosperity of Am Yisrael, the good of Am Yisrael is in the merit, b'schut, individuals. All individuals and each individual. And therefore, the individual worth of a person is in fact a, a loss to Amisal in ways which we don't necessarily see. It's behind, behind the scenes, God's calculation as to what good he does for Amisal and, and in whose merit. And that's what I think it's telling us about Miriam the highest level of individual, individual merit, the very life, the most basic of all necessities water. The basic life of Amisel Biskuta, and therefore her death is significant. Even though it's not al pitzivuy Hashem, it's not part of the giving of the Torah. It's not the part. It's not part of God's plan for Am It Happens for other reasons, but when it happens, the world is different. And in this case, very significantly, one no water, two slayt meimiviva, three Moshe and Aaron's death. The, the, the rest of the history of Amisael until the end of the Torah is heavily dependent on uh, events which were sparked by the death of the death of Miriam Shabbat Shalom V'chol Tov